0: So good afternoon, everybody. When we were in the seminary, we studied Christ as King, King of the universe. And one of the things that you learn is that Christ's kingship comes from what we call in theology the threefold Munera of Jesus. So what is this threefold munera? Munera basically means an office. And Christ, in his humanity and divinity, acts as priest, prophet, and king. The catechism explains this, is that he was anointed by God, and through that anointing and the gift of the Spirit, he was established as priest, prophet, and king. But today, I don't want to focus so much on our Lord's kingship, but rather our own relationship to Christ as king, but more specifically, our participation in Christ's kingship and the overall threefold office of Jesus. We know this through our catechism, that as christians through our baptism we are not only configured to christ we become members of the church but we also share in christ's being a priest a prophet and a king a priest in our ability to offer sacrifice a prophet in our necessity of speaking the word and in that kingship in that royal vocation in our willingness to serve others, Christ of course came to serve, and also our own leadership in temporal and ecclesial affairs. We are all, through our baptism, royal people called to be kings. But the truth is, if we're gonna be honest, indeed, we become sharers in Christ's kingship We have that royal office as a result of our baptism. But it doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're just going to act like kings. Like anything else, we have to respond to the gift of grace and in a certain sense, grow into that office. It's a journey, a lifelong journey. So until we can embrace that vocation to be a leader, to be a king in union with Jesus Christ. And so what I want to do is, I want to talk a little bit about that journey today and put it within the context of something that may seem a little odd to be talking about if you know this, the context of the thought of Joseph Campbell. Many of you probably in college read this book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Joseph Campbell was not a Christian. He wasn't even a believer. But he was a great intellect of the 20th century because he was a great studier of world myths. And he came to perceive through all the different myths what he called a monomyth, or the hero's journey. That all myths of this hero's journey shared certain essential elements. That the hero, indeed, maybe was born a hero, born a king, but he had to go on a journey in order to fully realize and embrace his call. The journey leads the hero, leads the king, to claim his authority. Now, there are a lot of different elements to this hero's journey, but one of the key elements is what Campbell calls the road of trials, in order for this hero to really embrace his vocation as a hero, he has to endure a number of different sort of trials. Facing battles, facing temptations, struggles, often going down to death and rising again before he can truly become the king and the hero he's called to be. And okay, again, we can study sort of world mythology and see that but one of our modern myths that I'm sure a lot of people in here are familiar with sort of epitomizes this, and it is the great work from J.R.R. R. Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings. There's all kinds of mythological elements there in the hero's journey, but particularly for the character of Aragorn. Aragorn, who is known also as Strider, is the heir to the kingship of the kingdom of Gondor. But you know what? At the beginning of the trilogy, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to embrace that, even though he knows that is what he's called to be. The situation puts him with the fellowship with Frodo and Sam and the rest of them, and he goes on that journey. And through the course of the books... He endures numerous trials, the battle at Weathertop, the battle at Helm's Deep, and the ultimate one, again, if you've read the books or seen the movies, he has to go subterranean into the mountain in order to face and summon the army of the dead. No one does that except the king and the rightful heir, and as a result, he is empowered to stand up as king, to embrace his vocation after going through these trials and is able to face the evil Lord Sauron and then become the king of Gondor. But the truth is this: no road of trials, no kinship. If he was born without the trials, he cannot become king. It's not how it works. And so, if we take this monomyth and the hero's journey and apply it to our own lives, the same thing holds true. We, through baptism, have been given the vocation of kingship. We have a royal calling. But without enduring the road of trials, we are not going to be able to fully embrace and live that royal vocation. And we not so much model our life off of Aragorn or any of these mythological figures, but Christ, who's the ultimate archetype. Christ, who was born king, but had to endure these trials, the temptation in the desert, and ultimately his passion, death, going down into the earth to rise up again and to be exalted as king of the universe, to be able to emerge victorious. And so we have got to do the same thing. Pass through the road of trials, but for Christians we use a little different language. Pope St. Leo the Great, who's quoted in the Catechism, says, The sign of the cross makes kings of all those reborn in Christ. We can be baptized and receive that threefold munera, but unless we pass through the cross and are willing to endure suffering, in and with Christ, we will never fully embrace our vocation and stand in the world to serve and to lead as priest, prophet, and king. But here's the temptation. And in a certain sense, I think people and Christians have always faced this temptation, but we really face it in our world today, and our culture. The temptation is this, to become king to rule as king to embrace that royal vocation without passing through the road of trials without passing through the cross in fact in some people's mind i would imagine they figure that they can lollygag around and goof around and mess around and still somehow become king, even though they never mature, and never endure trials. And I'm going to give you the perfect example of this, embodied in a certain myth, and I'm quite sure some of you are going to want to kill me after mass, but I'm going to do it anyhow. This is embodied in one of the great myths that, let's say, the last generation or this generation embraces. And that's the myth of Disney's Lion King. Oh, the sacred cow. Or the sacred lion. The sacred cat. What do I mean? Clearly, the Lion King. This is the monomyth. This is the hero's journey. There's old Simba. He sees his dad die. He needs to become king. But what does he do? Simba does not go through the road of trials. Instead, Simba goes, for his teenage years, goofs around with a pig and a big skinny rat, (laughs) being lazy, being immature, and then all of a sudden he emerges as king. That's not how it works. But according to the Lion King and this mythology, which I'm not saying is some sort of a plot of the Illuminati to corrupt people, (laughs) isn't how it works. The Lion King is a lie. It's a force. I'm not saying you can't watch it, nor am I not saying that you shouldn't go see the new one, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But it's basically saying you can become king by being Peter Pan. That's not how it works. Peter Pan doesn't become king, because Peter Pan refuses to endure the trials, refuses to pass through the cross. And so this is that great temptation we face. And Christ faced the same temptation. Oh, in the desert. You know, why don't you just make this rock some of your food? Why don't you throw yourself off? What was the devil trying to tempt Jesus to do? Don't pass through the road of trials. You're you're powerful. Do it. Make it easy. Be Peter Pan. But the Lord said no. He knew not only was that what he was called to do, that was he was sent to do, but this is the only way you become king. There is no resurrection. There's no royal office. There's no kingship without the cross and the road of trials. And so I would posit, not as a result of the Lion King, but as a result of a number of different factors, the crisis that we're facing in the church, whether it be all the stuff that was in the news at the end of the summer, or all the stuff that we see not only in the church but in society, is a crisis of leadership. A crisis of leadership, particularly for Christians who are called to be kings, who are called to be leaders, who are called to serve and to act not only in the church and the world, but throughout their entire lives. But instead of doing that, they want to sit back and let others do it. We want to sit back and let others lead. We want to be Peter Pan when Jesus is calling us to be Aragorn. So. Pardon me, the reference, allow me to be Gandalf or that monkey Rafiki. And the exhortation, the exhortation to everyone here. We need leaders in the church and society, and those future leaders are going to come from you. The young people, the millennials or iGen or whatever. We need those servant leaders to step forward, not just in the future, but now. We need it now. And that means embracing the royal office and going on the road of trials. Being willing to embrace the cross. Yes, self-denial and fasting and all that kind of good stuff. But the reality is, Jesus gives us the crosses without us even asking. And the little trials and the big trials that come day to day, but us embracing them. That's the way we're transformed. That's the journey. And unless we start being serious about it, we are going to continue to see a crisis of leadership in the church and society. And so I'll close with a quote from Ratzinger. You know I love to quote Ratzinger. And he's talking about becoming a Christian here. But the truth is if all Christians are called to share in that threefold munera priest, prophet and king, you can substitute king or queen whenever he says Christian. He says becoming Christian is in a certain sense passive. I do not make myself Christian, but God makes me a man of his. In the same way we don't make ourselves king Someone else crowns us, the Father crowns us. And this fact of the passive, of allowing ourselves to be acted upon, already somewhat implies the mystery of the cross. Letting go of control, letting go of our own wishes and desires. It is only by dying to my egoism, not being Peter Pan, departing from myself, that I can be a Christian, that I can be a king. And so being a Christian means embracing our vocation and doing so, embracing that cross and being the leader, the royal individual and people that Christ is calling each and every one of us to, to change our lives, to change the church, to change the world. Amen.